Hello and welcome to Good For You. Good for you, man. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you, podcast about the things we go through, the purchases that haunt us, the best products, services, and industry happenings in the wellness, well-being, and spiritual space. We're going to give you a healthy little dose of fun. We're going to talk about the things that are happening in pop culture, the ones that got away, the things in our cart that are haunting us or ghosting us, our strong opinions that are loosely held. <laughs> we like to call this the Grex. The group text. The group text in your ear. So come say hello. Join us in the audio Grex, where friends don't let friends get, get scammed. Okay, clear liquid. Oh, <laughs> there goes the keyboard. Okay, opening experience is not good. No, it's, it's not positive. They filled it up to the brim. Yep. What do you? What's your first? I was totally <laughs> expecting a flavor, but it's like just water. It's like I wish I was like the water sommelier. <laughs> <laughs> Hints of minerality. Notes of virgin plastic. <laughs> what's your guess? Ionized water, <gasps> pH water. That's a good guess. Because how much can you really do to water that doesn't taste like anything? Why don't we unveil? Next level hydrogen <laughs> water. <laughs> Infused with quad. Quad C. I don't even know what that what is. What is that? It's zero calories, zero carbs, zero sugar, zero caffeine. It's water. <laughs> <laughs> this is extremely like 2011. I, this is, is like something I would accurate? definitely steal from the student center <laughs> you know, uh, on my way, not steal. It's something that I would be like, I'm buying that with my meal points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fancy water. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I'd buy it again, depending on the price. I think it was like two dollars. What? Yeah, I get yeah. honestly, bottled water is expensive and ridiculous, and we shouldn't so buy expensive. it anyways. Plus, like it's bad to buy the bottle. Yeah, unless it's in glass. Well, if I was in a pinch, like I, I give this taste. A four out of five gold bars, taste-wise. Yeah. I don't think I would buy it unless I was in desperation. This was the only option available because look how small it is. It is. It's 12 There's ounces. There's only... It's not very much. That's fair. It's tiny. Okay. It's masquerading as more than it is because it's in a tall can. Okay. I think it's $3 a can. That's too much. You're right. That's like dangerously close to a kombucha. Exactly. Which is 16 ounces yeah. and actual something. And yeah. Scooby. Sugar. Yeah. Caffeine. Pure sugar. <laughs> At least I get something from it. With this, I would give it four out of five bars as well. Yeah. Because I need every excuse to drink water. What I end up doing a lot is like buying a bottle of water mm. and then I don't finish it. And then it like languishes in my, because I put the cap on. I'm like, I'll get that later. Mm. And then it sits in my bag. And then I'm like, oh, I can't drink that. It's been in my bag for like four days. Gross. So I feel like I waste a lot of water on my plants that I've bought. It doesn't get wasted, but like I don't drink it. You know, it has to be one of the saddest things to witness. Hmm. A garbage can filled with half drunk uh, water bottles. Like at the airport? Yeah, or like a music festival or a concert oh, or something. Horrible. You're just like, this is the fate of humanity. I mean, when I really think about it, I'm like, why are we using water to flush our shit down the toilet? No, it's not. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Any other liquid. Yeah. Milk would be better. <laughs> No way. <laughs> I'm not going to stand by that. 
oat milk would be better. <laughs> Curdled milk. <laughs> I mean, what other liquid soy milk? Is- soy milk. There's got to be like so much excess soy milk that we've accidentally made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really, oat slime. There's excess <laughs> of oat slime. <laughs> do me a favor. Don't do me no favors. Don't talk to me until I have my morning coffee. Don't talk to me until I have my morning coffee. Oh, by the way, who are you? <laughs> Oh, hello. <laughs> Hi, my name is Wallace. <laughs> Who are you? I'm Michelle. Nice to see you. Nice, nice to be back. Nice to be back in the studio with you. <sighs> How was your weekend? Weekend was smashing. Nice. Very chill. Lots of food, lots of movies. Really? That was it. Lots of strolling. The neighborhood. That's really the best. This time of year is the best for strolling. It's not high summer yet, but it's warm. Exactly. It was good. I liked it. How about you? How's your weekend? It was good. You know, I have my like thing against the New York Times. Oh, yeah. Which we get every weekend. So we've been getting the New York Times for a long time. And we usually take it down to the river and we read or we go somewhere and read whatever. And for the last year, I would say, I've been like, this newspaper is a piece of shit. (laughs) Like, there's no good stories. It's all fluff. Like, there's a content mill now. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Just like, I feel like they're five months behind every single trend. Like, when they're reporting on something, I'm like, that's no longer cool. Which... I guess that's to be expected. But there was one article this weekend. Oh, yes. <laughs> that we both flagged because it was so ridiculous. It was in the New York Times magazine. Yes. And honestly, you would think that the magazine would be a little bit more forward thinking. Actually, I love when it's New York Times, the style. The T magazine? Yeah, T yeah. magazine. It's, it's way better. Also, yeah. I'm kind of unsure of what the New York Times magazine is. Does it come with the paper? Yeah, it comes with the paper, the paper and it's like glossy and it's a little bit more designed. It's more designed out. And it's okay. usually longer articles that are kind of like, I actually don't know how they like, editorially the make that decision. <laughs> I think there's more pictures. <laughs> That's what I think it is. And they can print them up better. But this article, their solution to the housing crisis, living with strangers. <laughs> Thrown, <laughs> thrown together by New York City's brutal housing market, these roommates find a way to get by, even in close quarters. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Ever Tried Living With a Roommate Ever? <laughs> you often don't know them. <laughs> yes. I, I, I did not understand where this article was coming from because I lived in New York 10 years ago. And you would find a roommate on Craigslist. Yeah. And they were a stranger. And you're like, yeah. mm, super hope you're not a serial killer or a hoarder. Yeah. So I just didn't really understand this again <laughs> here's an example on may 1st three strangers moved into their three-bedroom apartment off the bedford stuyvesant neighborhood of brooklyn they each pay between 850 and 995 a month for their rooms okay yeah <laughs> i don't understand why this is newsworthy i'm extremely confused you're confused i'm fucking confused bro what i didn't appreciate is they didn't really take it anywhere it wasn't really about the housing crisis it wasn't like really about the pandemic I just don't understand what they were trying to say other than here's a bunch of different ways that roommates live together. (laughs) Right. And like sometimes apartments in New York are small. Yeah. Sometimes you can find an apartment that's really big. Yeah. And we love to see it from the New York Times because they do this every few months. Like, guess what? People are smoking again. Also, the other one that just made me roll my eyes was the Meta Sanctuary, an entirely vegan townhouse (laughs) in Bed-Stuy, which is fully furnished and pet friendly and has in-unit laundry and garden. Each roommate had to agree to consume and use only cruelty-free vegan products at home. Like, whoa, you guys sound intense. They sound intense, but I would love to see like an entirely carnivore household. (laughs) Meat only. (laughs) A CrossFit household. Paleo bros. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Do you think they like turn up at parties? Do you think their parties are just like absolutely 
whack, but in the best way. It's just like cats roaming, four locos everywhere because those are vegan. I just don't feel like vegans as defining as a trait as non-vegans want it to be. Except that these people literally are only living together because they are vegans and because they have to like commit to this pact of like not using soap that has animal byproducts. But I think those people get profiled disproportionately. Mm. I don't think there are actually one that many vegans. Two, (laughs) like actually statistically. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like soft vegan. Not everybody is out there trying to be like, what's up? I'm vegan. (laughs) There definitely are a lot of them. Yes. We think. This is just my hypothesis. Okay, no, yeah, no, get spill as a vegetarian. Mm, you're right. adjacent. <laughs> but am I a vegetarian? I eat fish. <laughs> Who knows? People always try to put me in a box. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, okay, yeah, so pescatarian. And I'm like, like, I don't know, sometimes. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> like, why? Stop trying to label me. <laughs> well, it's more just tell me, what does that say about me? I think it's different when you're like, okay, I'm curious about your choices and they ask me more intimate questions or I'm going to their house for dinner or picking the restaurant. Yeah. But I feel people are just like, oh, so for how long? Hmm. When I, when someone tells me they're vegetarian, yeah. normally I'm like, okay, you've been a vegetarian for a really long time because I, my college roommate was a vegetarian for life yeah. from birth, basically. Yeah. She had one slice of pepperoni, I think, during our t- entire time in college. She was like, that's gross. Nope. Right. Still a vegetarian. And I feel like a lot of vegetarians I know, they decided when they were 11 that they're not going to eat meat because they don't like it and it's just not really their thing. I can kind of relate to that because I'm not really a meat eater and I like never really crave. We've talked about this. Chicken freaks me out. The chicken or the egg. I don't like <laughs> eggs either. Exactly. <laughs> but with vegan people who are like vegan, yeah. I usually think they're in either one of two camps. One, which is I literally can't eat anything because I have tons of food allergies. So it's just easier for me to be vegan, Mm. call myself vegan, or I am an extreme animal or environmental activist. I'm like doing this as a way to be an advocate. But I also think there are definitely people who are doing it for health reasons and see it as health. And then they're like, oh, a nice side benefit is it's good for the planet. Totally. I think there's more people like that, honestly. Yeah. I've been surprised at the amount of men I've met in LA who are vegan and they're not as much like... Oh, I'm vegan. Yeah. Actually, this perfectly lines up with our mm. good for who story this week. Good for whom? Who? Whoops. Good for you. Good for you, man. Good for you. Good for you. So there's a dust up last week because Kim Kardashian was announced as Beyond Meat's chief tasting officer. She did, then did a commercial where she <laughs> did not eat any of the meat of the fake meat. I did see another clip where she did. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. And then she very conveniently launched her brand Skin by Kim Mm. the same week. So Mm. can't stay out of the news that. Curious. Um, But it got us thinking about, well, Beyond Meat because they're doing horribly. And this was sort of a like Hail Mary effort, Hail Kim effort, if you will, to try and get more eyes on their product and, you know, boost stock prices. But kind of interesting how many celebrities are backing brands like Beyond Meat Impossible Foods, Just Eggs. We may or may not have called it on this podcast that what celebrities are getting into next is food. <laughs> we might have to actually spot <laughs> that trend. Up. <laughs> Put it out there. And it just made us wonder, is this? What is this? <laughs> what is this? And who is it good for? <laughs> what is going on here? Well, I felt like that was honestly a good marketing play. I was like, our, we're all being trolled. And every celebrity creative director and co-founder who came on much later is slightly being trolled. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. It's it seemed like a very self-aware move yeah. from Kim Kardashian, at least. I don't know if Beyond Meat, I'm not like, wow, they're marketing geniuses. I feel no. like they're like, we will literally do anything <laughs> to make more yes. money except make more products <laughs> <laughs> or except make our food taste better. But we will employ Kim Kardashian. There was a campaign that Vacation FM did mm -hmm. early on to spread awareness before they launched their sunscreen and all of their products where they would give you fake job titles that are yes. that were beach and pool themed. Yeah. So there was executive oyster shocker. Yeah, manager, <laughs> like smoothie scientist and like shrimp cocktail artisan yep. and that kind of thing. So I kind of thought it was funny mm -hmm. at first. I agree. It's a nice gimmick. And Kim's known for her sex unique scams. I oh, mean, sh she knows. TBT to when she endorsed Skechers shape ups. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe <laughs> those <laughs> that's a simpler time anyway so <laughs> celebrities in, are investing in these plant-based brands we have a jake gyllenhaal and serena williams endorsement of just eggs Disgusting. made by the company just eat it's horrible i've never tried it but looking at the ingredients which are <laughs> mung bean protein isolate mm -hmm. Pressed canola oil, calcium citrate, enzyme, gelin gum, natural carrot e extracts, natural flavors, turmeric extracts, onion, salt, soy, sugar, tetrasodium pyrophosphate, and the list goes on. It's long. <laughs> they have endorsed that. I can't really imagine they actually eat it, but who knows? Maybe? Well, Serena Williams, you said Serena Williams, right? Yes. She's also invested into Impossible Foods. Hmm. She's diversifying across vegan. Wait, this is crazy. Impossible has $2.1 billion worth of funding. That's insane. Isn't that crazy? And Beyond Meat only has $122 million. Yeah, Beyond Meat is really far behind. Didn't they IPO? Well, they only IPO, like one yeah. billion? They're not like, yeah. I don't know if they're far behind. But mm. yeah, I feel like I see Beyond Meat more than I see Impossible. But I see it Beyond That's Meat like true. at the grocery store. But Impossible Burgers like at McDonald's and right. Burger King and yeah, stuff like exactly. that. Just it seems like they took divergent paths, but it yeah. also sounds like neither of them are doing very well. I also feel like this whole space, this food tech space is still pretty young. Like there's a lot of investment in it, it seems like. Like I was reading about this company Plenty, which is mm -hmm. San Francisco based. They got 400 million investment and they're all about growing sustainable greens yeah. in these crazy warehouses where you basically walk in and it's like hydroponics, but like to floor to ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which that seems cool. I think vertical growing is extremely cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of money being invested in food tech in general, but it's still relatively new. In terms of general investing in VC money, it's not that much. No, no, not at all. And I mean, part of it, I was reading some <laughs> studies about it. And one quote that I found is all major brands and products across the plant-based category experience similar challenges, which largely seem to be driven on co consumers' experience in terms of taste, price, and degree of processing and ease of preparation. I mean, you and I were like, this stuff can't be good for you, right? Like this super processed, even though it's vegan, which we know is better for you than eating meat. Many studies say is better yeah. for you than eating meat. Yeah. Who really knows? I personally, if I was vegan, would rather not eat those products. I would rather just avoid them. Let's bring the black bean garden burger back. I actually love a black bean garden burger. So good. They're so good. Hard to find. Unless you're at kind of a crunchy local cafe in a small town. one is always better than like so good. one that... You can't, they're delicious. They're not scalable. No. 
<laughs> not super scalable. They kind of fall apart for the most part. They do, but they're really good when you have a warm one. Um, it's just so like tasty. hot. Oh. Well, one thing that I thought was interesting, so Just Eat, who makes Just Egg, is mm-hmm. getting into the cultivated meat market. Mm, cultivated meat. That sounds so appetizing. <laughs> Which I thought that was just faux meat, but it's not. It's cell cultured meat that is animal-based meat grown from animal cells rather than slaughtered animals, also known as cultured meat, cell-based meat, lab-grown meat, among other names. That is where I think things are going. Yeah. Because... One, there's that huge factor that it doesn't involve actually killing animals. It's just laying DNA yeah. from animals. But it's kind of weird. Cloning plus also GMOs. Like, that's bizarre. Yeah. And so they're doing this a lot with seafood. And speaking of celebrities, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert Downing Jr., Jeff Bezos have all invested in this company, Wild Type, which is a seafood cell cultured company. And so this seems to be the new thing that's happening because the whole argument is you can have not only the protein, you have the cellular makeup without the mercury, microplastics, antibiotics, et cetera. That is really cool. So I feel like that will kind of solve the taste thing potentially in some sense. I wonder if all vegan people would subscribe to that though. I think it would be split because I think some people would still feel ethically sampling DNA from animals. And then other people are like, well, I would if it was less shitty for everyone the planet and animals so i think it'll hopefully it'll mean that more people can still really eat a lot less meat for different reasons it's so weird i feel like i would totally do that for fish i'd rather just abstain from like beef and chicken what if it gets to the point where like you cannot tell the difference in taste you probably can't i bet you can't but we were kind of wondering like is plant-based meat because there's so much manufacturing that goes into it, is it actually better for the environment? Yeah, it is. It's significantly better for the environment. It's especially, so much better. Especially yeah. beef. Beef takes anywhere from 30 to 180 kilograms of CO2 per kilogram of product. Mm-hmm. But plant-based meat is costs like less than 10 kilograms of CO2 per product, which is bananas <laughs> it's no. like so much less yeah I've, uh, when you look into it you really like climate wise can't argue it just is so much better on so many levels mm-hmm. and I think the interesting thing for nutritional arguments because of all the additives antibiotics mercury cholesterol that you end up dealing with when you're consuming animal products although it's necessarily not better in terms of processing and ingredients yeah. if you're Choosing between apples and apples at a burger shop, I think the plant-based option is probably better. Yeah. But why are all these celebrities investing in these products? Like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? If What is it? What kind of thing is it? It's a money thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I honestly, it's kind of interesting the like halo effect that comes from investing in a vegan brand because you're not only getting the like health, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm investing altruistically in health, Mm -hmm. but you're also getting environmentalism. Like this isn't in, there's an environmental impact, but obviously these brands also have like so much upside to make so much money. Yeah, it's it's a great PR move to say I support this non-meat meat company because I know it's good for the planet and that's what I want for my kids. And mm-hmm. it's very convenient to align yourself with this message. Mm-hmm. Not to say that that's not true. Like I I also am advocating for that, but I think it's just very, very convenient. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, it's got to cross all counts. Yeah. You know? Like it's a win, win, win. 
Unless we all get cancer from these products. Well, that's what I wonder. Because the cultivated meat thing, no one's actually allowed to sell that right now in the U.S. It's not approved by the FDA. It's approved in Singapore, but not in the U.S. I think Singapore is the only place where you can essentially consume the lab-grown meat. Wow, that's really interesting. Okay, good for who? Who is this good for? Is it good for just celebrities? No, I think generally it's good for the planet. I think it's generally good for people. This industry is in its nascent stage. It's true. The thing that's sad is once anything is mass produced, it really takes a nosedive in terms of how good it is for the planet. Yeah, that's true. But in general, I think this move of awareness and conscientiousness is good. I think celebrities getting involved is natural marketing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think it's good probably for everyone and for the planet generally. And to your point, like anytime capitalism kind of steps in, you just got to be careful, you know? They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Speaking of vegan, we are on a vegan kick, sort of an alt kick this week. <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? Midwater. Oh, <laughs> like I guess it's vegan. <laughs> A little bit of a stretch. <laughs> no, they sell a coconut creamer. Okay. And it's vegan. I forgot about that. Mud water. I think that's what it's called. It's like taking my Instagram ads, TikTok ads by storm. It's basically, I feel like the only ad that I see now. And I mean, I'm assuming it's like, you know, mushroom coffee, but like, who are these people? Why do they have so much money? Why is every influencer I've ever seen saying it's good? Does it taste good? Does it taste bad? Is it a scam? We need to know. Okay, so we got this request from one of our lovely listeners about mud water because they're just getting inundated ad-wise and they wanted to know, do they make money? How are they doing? Where did the money come from? Mm. What's the deal? Is it legit? (laughs) (laughs) Amazing questions to ask. So, Wallace, do you have a personal experience with mud water? Yeah, it's too strong for me. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) Just hits too hard? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I guess we should talk about what it is. (laughs) Yeah, mud water is a coffee alternative that has one-seventh the caffeine of coffee, but uses cacao, various mushrooms like lion's mane, and I think like some chai flavoring. It doesn't have any sugar. It's a powder that you mix into hot water. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a little coffee alternative. Mm -hmm. The guy who started Medwater was a tech guy. Mm -hmm. And as tech guys are wont to do, he discovered that coffee was bad for him and burnt out. Mm. And then a year later started a business based on adaptogens that he'd probably studied for six months. You know, not like they'd been around forever and tons of people haven't already using them. Mm. Uh, But, you know, he came up with mud water and I, full disclosure, subscribed to mud water for like probably six months. Mm. And then I stopped my subscription because I wasn't drinking it every day. But I really liked it while I was taking it. I wanted to like it. I like the flavor, but I felt insane every time I drank it. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Just the combination. It was too many things, and I'm fine with caffeine in general, but it was just a weird combination for my body. My body was like, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mud water has some connections, and they have some deep pockets, which is why you're probably seeing them everywhere right now. And I did some research. They've been running ads for the last three years, and technically the company was founded in 2018, so we can guess that they started running paid ads like a little after that. But they have an undisclosed amount of investment 
from five different investors and they've already raised a series A. So they raised their series A and they raised a, a seed round, which is usually small. Who knows how much they actually raised? It's not disclosed, but they've raised from five different people and they're a CPG product and direct to consumer. So mm -hmm. they're consumer package good that you can buy online. And holy shit, are they spending a ton of money on ads? <laughs> like a ton of money. I looked up, so I have this software that helps me see how much money a company is spending on certain AdWords. And I think they're probably spending like at least five to 10K a month on Google ads. And Google ads are like, they're not usually going to convert as high as like Instagram ads or Facebook ads, just because we all are used to Google ads and we don't yeah. really click on them. But holy moly, they are trying to run ads against so many different keywords. Things like coffee substitute, mushroom coffee, healthy coffee alternative, coffee alternative, healthy coffee, coffee replacement. But their biggest clicks per month comes from mushroom coffee, which is surprising mm. to me that so many people are looking for mushroom coffee. They get about 2000 clicks per month. And that's actually one of their cheapest keywords. It's only 83 cents per click. That's interesting, right? That's a pretty competitive one for Sigmatic, mm -hmm. Everyday Dose, a bunch of other brands are trying to run ads against that. A bunch of brands on Amazon. Amazon is like their number one competitor across all of these ads. So mm. I want to check out what's actually on Amazon in terms of mushroom coffee. Yeah, generally for the past few years, I feel it's been a consistent that people are trying to get off coffee. Totally. We actually wrote a white paper a year over a year ago on coffee alternatives. Yeah. Medwater was one of them. Everyday Dose was one of them. I have some piping hot tea on Everyday Dose, which is another oh, yes. mushroom coffee oh, yes. brand. You should read the article. We'll link to it. But long story short, you can read more. The guy who started Everyday Dose had worked for Mudwater and for the founder of Mudwater and basically like ripped off his idea. And he was not a nice guy. A lot of corporate espionage <laughs> happening in the coffee mushroom space. Yeah. And I actually talked to him and he was not, he really was not a nice guy. Shocking. You could read more about that. Hot gas <laughs> in the article. But his main beef with mud water was that they used a certain type of mushroom that was grown on oats. Mm. And he was saying that that was a inferior mushroom to the mushrooms that he was growing for everyday dose. Come to find, not exactly true. He personally forages all the mushrooms, yeah, exactly. doesn't he? <laughs> From his butthole. <laughs> I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... They have 1.4 million visits a month, which is kind of crazy. That's more than goop. Yeah. That's more than goop. <laughs> <laughs> Where is that traffic all coming from? Well, a lot of the traffic is coming from direct links. So through their ads mm. or through referrals that are on like backlinks that are on other people's pages. So I saw a ton of their backlinks came from like podcasts that had 10 million views mm. per month mm. or articles that had 10 million views per month. And that means that those brands are affiliates. So mm -hmm. they're kicking back some money every time someone buys something. Also, 36% of their traffic comes from search. They're crushing it when it comes to SEO. They have a ton of SEO and all their paid ads. And then like 20% of their link clicks come from display ads. So like on New York Times, how there's an ad at the top or when you're reading an article somewhere else on the internet, which is pretty good. Yeah. So they've got, <laughs> they're spending a lot of money on acquisition. Yeah. And I wonder how well they're doing. Because this is a, uh, a subscription brand. Basically, you subscribe to Mudwater and they deliver every 30, 60 or 90 days. And I just wonder how many people keep it. I would say probably not that many. Because I think the problem with a lot of these subscription brands, and I had 10 of this as well, mm -hmm. is that by the time the next one's coming, you're not even close to finishing the first one, first uh, of all. Yeah. 
And then you're just annoyed that the second one shows up. <laughs> yeah. And then you feel like I'm definitely not using this. That's... So it doubles down on the fact that you're maybe you're using it slowly, mm-hmm. but then it almost highlights the fact that you're not using it consistently. So you're like, this yes. is a waste of my money. I think that's such a good point. That's that was the exact thought process I had. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, the mud water's coming again. I haven't even gotten halfway through the other one. Like, I'm going to just cancel this as opposed to pausing it, which they are really flexible. It's really easy to pause your subscription. Mm. But after a certain point, you're like, I can't keep pausing this thing. Like, I'm not getting through it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think this whole model for a lot of like D2C brands is flawed because I've never once kept a subscription. And I'm wow. a pretty decent consumer when it comes to like health and like we are. So I think it's interesting to notice that because I can't think of one brand that I've kept and I'm like, yes, I would recommend it. It's the right amount. I'm happy with it. I'd be so curious to see what sort of like the emotional reaction is. It almost makes you like never want to buy it again. Oh, 100%. I feel that it becomes, at least for me, excessive. Yeah. Instead of it being like, oh, I'm enjoying this. This feels like a perk and a luxury. It becomes this feeling of I don't need this. And it's another thing to manage. Yeah, exactly. At least for me, where I'm like, fuck, I have to cancel that thing. It's yeah, so annoying. No. I have an Ipsy subscription and I've mm. had it for like my sister got me onto it. I really liked it until I was getting basically the same stuff over and over again. I was like, I don't really want these things anymore. I have enough stuff. And you can't pause it. And every time I'd be like, I have to cancel that fucking thing. And then I'd forget because like cancellation process is really annoying. There's only so many times you can gift the product too. <laughs> you start like gifting it to people. And you're like, hey, I got this for you. And they're like, thanks. This is super specific. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for this used Fenty illuminating bronzer. <laughs> yeah. I just tried it once. <laughs> but that's a tea on Mudwater. I would say you're getting a ton of ads because they are, they have a lot of money that they're trying to acquire users with. And probably a lot of product that they're trying to ship we stand get in loser we're going shopping now for a special edition of haunted car (laughs) travel we are about to embark on many weeks of travel you're going to a wedding but you're coming back and then going away honestly then i'm going to another wedding then i'm coming back oh and then i'm going to italy and then i go to toronto then new york then italy then coming back we're gonna be everywhere. <laughs> Many weeks away. <laughs> so we have been talking about our travel wellness house of cards. And if you didn't listen to last week's episode, we had Kinsey Madsen on who really kind of challenged my aspirations of just being a carry-on traveler. She's this a bougie summer. traveler, and I was yeah. like, Yes. I'm like, Respect. yes. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Get comfortable while you're traveling. Yeah. What's in yours? Okay, my travel wellness house of cards. Say that five times fast. <laughs> <laughs> I think that a traveling outfit is very important. Oh, hell yeah. Slip-on shoes. Duh. Yes. Duh. What is this? Personally, I really like the Merrill Hydro Crocs. Oh, heard of them? Sort of like <laughs> shoe them. sitch. But I'm a maxi dress on the airplane. Smart. I don't want a waistband. You want airflow. <laughs> I want airflow, but I also want a blanket. Mm, you know, it's smart. a built-in blanket. Socks with the... Merrill Crocs? Never been one to wear socks. I'm not a really a sock person. I don't like them on my feet. You want the toes to be free. I want the toes to be free. Yes. But I will bring a sweatshirt, a usually holisticism sweatshirt because they're such high quality to throw on while on the plane. I have two fears. Food fear. I never want to be too far away from food. Oh. 
I don't like being hungry. Mm. And also constipation fear, poop fear. Oh, so they go together. Vicious, vicious, absolutely vicious. So I bring my own bars. I like to go macro bars. They're vegan. And that helps with my food anxiety. But bring we also, mm-hmm, always, we also stop at Whole Foods. Like smart. That is the key. Eight hours <laughs> of landing anywhere. Oh, of landing. I also, if you can go ahead of time and yeah. bring your own food for the plane. Oh, totally. I always feel so special when I pull a sick meal mm. on the plane that I've brought from somewhere else. Yes. And people are like, what up, what up? And I actually think sushi is a really good thing to bring on a plane. <laughs> Hell no. Yes. <laughs> yes. Don't get it at the airport. Get it at Whole Foods. But, okay, it doesn't smell. I contest this. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sink. And you don't have to use your hands. I would be the person smelling the sushi from two aisles away being like, that bitch brought sushi on the plane. Why is there sashimi here? <laughs> She should have gotten a Gary. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. No. But I respect that. <laughs> Exert your dominance immediately once you get on the plane. I don't give a fuck what you think. I'm better than you. I'm bougier than you. I got sushi and I'm not sharing it. <laughs> what? Do you do? You open up a trust me box? <laughs> oh my God. That would be the ultimate flex. For the ones who know. <laughs> yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, you should. <laughs> That I will respect. But some like Whole Foods sushi? Oh, but Whole Foods sushi's so good. Wait a second. I think Whole Foods sushi's good. Okay. And actually, Erewhon sushi is really good. Oh, I mean, come on. I'll go just to get some sushi from them, honestly. That's acceptable. I don't know. I don't think I really trust Whole Foods sushi, but maybe mm. I just had one too many bags. <laughs> you, you get food poisoning a lot. I do. I'm sensitive. <laughs> so, okay. I always bring my own food. We always go to a Whole Foods or an organic shop like within eight hours because Ethan also has food anxiety. <laughs> We're like, he can never eat anything anywhere we go. So we have to like always have our own snacks. Wait, I need you to paint the picture for me. <laughs> You're in a maxi dress. You have a blanket. <laughs> no, no, no. But also I'm wearing a hat. You're right. I I'm knew wearing, it. No, I'm wearing a, it. it's called a coolie hat, coolie bar hat. What's that? And it's a UPF like 60 hat. It's basically like, mine's black and straw. You're like, I'm a witch from LA. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's true. I'm wearing like an all black dress and then like a black sweatshirt and then this black hat and then my sunglasses. Oh, you wear them the whole flight? Well, I usually like walk with the hat on. You're like, I'm also a celebrity. Don't talk <laughs> Don't to me. me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> but don't perceive me. I don't like putting the hat in a bag because it gets smushed. So I wear it on and I wear it through security. But then I take it off once I get on the plane. Do you have TSA pre-check? No, I don't. But Ethan does. Oh, I hate when that happens. I know. I know I'm like a second class citizen, but it's okay. I kind of like it. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I like to be with the people. Oh, okay. okay. And it like makes Ethan so mad. Anyways, the hat's really important because I'm a melasma girl. Right. So no matter where we go, I have to have it. Also, I feel like it like protects me from having to talk to people, which I love. And then in my, I don't have a dop kit, but if I had a dop kit, I always have the First Aid Beauty Facial Radiance Pads, which you can get the travel version, but they also have a big version that lasts forever. And they're like a toner. And a treatment all in one. And they get your face like so clean. And if you have to wear makeup while you're on, like if you have to go out to an event or something while you're traveling, they're the best way to prep your skin, I think, Mm. without like having to do a whole skincare situation. So Mm. plus they help with acne. I kind of always break out when I travel. So I like those. And then I'm part of the Extremely Dry Skin Club. So I use the Willeta Skin Food. Oh, just while you travel or on the other side? I use it while I'm traveling. And then when I land, typically because I feel like my skin is always Mm -hmm. fucked up, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But I'll put it, I'll like slather it on while on the plane. Just like a extra thick layer? Mm -hmm. I also really like the Summer Fridays jet lag mask. 
Oh, I just I've got a sample version of it, and I'm. Was that I'm the one that really was get, like making people like red? No, there, there was another version oh, that they okay. had that yeah was like it was making burning people everyone's skin. But I'm like, I would love to try that. <laughs> like the harder, the better. The f- <laughs> you know. Also, I did say I have constipation because I sort of breezed mm. over that. Mm. I always pack magnesium with me. Yes, you got to do it. Citrate or glyconate or both. I've been actually using the moon juice magnesium. Oh, that's good. Which I like. But normally I use the kind that comes in. We've talked about this podcast before in the yellow bottle. Oh, the colon cleanse? Yeah. I travel with it now, too. It's good to have. You don't want to be backed up. It's the worst. Nope. If you've ever been constipated on a trip, you know what it's like. And it's the worst. The best tips I got for that, too, is you don't need more caffeine. No. You need to relax and eat fats. And stomach massage really helps. Mm, You're looking down at your stomach. You want to go in a clockwise motion and just... (laughs) Knead it out. (laughs) Squeeze it out. What's in your travel wellness house of cards? Mine's still forming as I prepare for this trip. You're cutting it close. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Love. Need the adrenaline. (laughs) What I've been thinking about a lot is how to make the airport the best experience possible because right now, mostly it's hell. Honestly, lounges are lounges are key. Amazing. I have been looking at what's it called VIP pass. Oh, I don't know. I think it's VIP pass. It gets you into a ton of lounges globally. I'm debating whether it will be worth it or not. Do you get to the airport early enough to enjoy? Because I feel like sometimes I don't. I do because that makes me feel less anxious. My optimal time is one hour before my flight. That I'm all through security. I'm just chilling. Oh yeah. I don't want to be there any earlier any later. I want an hour of chilling. A mini toothbrush and mini toothpaste is part of the OG, you know, thing, but necessary. When I land, unless it's like my parents picking me up, I want to feel fresh. (laughs) Sorry, mom and dad. Yep. I get it. (laughs) I get it. Or you just want to feel like, all right, I'm not going directly to sleep after this flight. I want to land feeling good. It matters. And washing your face. And washing your face. Getting your face clean, getting the grime from the plane off. Yeah. It makes a big difference. Huge difference. All right. That's our show. If you like this podcast, please go ahead and give us a rate, a review, a subscribe. It really helps us get found by more people. And then we can have more wonderful episodes for you, give you more wonderful products, all that good stuff. And as a reminder, we are giving away a Stop the X Tripolar face blaster (laughs) blaster (laughs) that's not what it really is called but it is amazing and it's worth 650 dollars it is pretty fucking cool i have a version of it and it is wonderful it's amazing and you can win it for free i actually am gonna bring it with me traveling 100 percent. it's not that big no it's very easy to travel with and it's very soothing it helps me create a routine okay wallace is bringing that that's a big deal because you're trying to do carry-on only. It's almost as big as a toothbrush. That's not that big. It's bigger. <laughs> it's like a toothpaste. Yes, a fatty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can win by entering your email at the link that we're going to put in the show notes. And if you haven't already, subscribe to The Grext. It's our weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday with all of our favorite links, what we're reading, and things that go along with this episode. What's haunting us? What we're DMing about? You know, the Grex, the group text, the things that will make you sound smart in your group text that you can share with people. So you can sign up for free at the link in the show notes and we'll see you next week. Bye. Good For You is produced by yours truly, Wallace Miller Blanchard. Our theme song is by Parallel Dance Ensemble and our wonderful editing is done by Softer Sound Studio. So you can find more information about at the link in our show notes.